this week on the Welly Sport Podcast. Picking goals from like 40 metres out on the touchlines. We got done by the refs. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, do you know what would be ideal right now? Coming on with like 15 to 20 to go and just, you know, not, we're 15, 20 points up. There's no pressure on us. We kind of get an intercept and then you kind of, you know, that's you. And it's weird because the exact thing, Benny put in a hell of a, a shot. I literally just picked up the ball and just ran. And the exact thing happened, like what we had spoken about uh, in the first half. It was obviously uh, a good feeling, but yeah, it was just weird how it kind of came about and we kind of almost talked it into existence. Yeah, lucky for him, I was having to play 12 and get run, sorry, get run over. <laughs> <laughs> get run over for 20 minutes. My advice was always prepare when you're at school to keep every door open. Work just as hard in the classroom and on your academics as you do on the rugby field so that if either opportunity presents itself, you can take the opportunity and you've got genuine choices. I quickly learned when I came to London Irish that you're not a schoolboy anymore and you're not playing against schoolboys and that was the biggest learning curve for me. We've asked everyone to prepare their Wellington star 15s. It's got to be big dog to prom, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> that's, that's, our, that's our front row. I went Mr. Murray, Mr. Barrett, and Mr. Pratt. <laughs> Mr. Pratt. <laughs> I feel, I feel like, I feel like Mr. Pratt's just quite agile. He can get around the park. He'd be my, he'd be my open side. He could be Water Boy, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to this very special episode of the Welly Sport Podcast, where our aim is to provide interesting sports-related conversations with anyone from the world of sport, including old Wellingtonians who are now involved in sport or other individuals who work within the world of sport. Today, we've got a bumper lineup where I, Mr. McDonald, along with current Wellingtonian Harry, will be joined by four recent OWs, uh, all from the Wellington First 15, and their coach at the time. Harry was part of this year's very successful first 15 and played for two years, as well as captaining the seven last year, um, unfortunately not getting the chance to repeat that this year. Ben, Rory, Matt and Tom all played together in the 2015 season, with Matt and Tom having played two years for the first 15 before that, Rory the one before and Ben played one more year after. Mr Brennan, who was their coach, was coaching them at this time and many would consider this two to three year stretch as some of the best Wellington sides they've ever seen. All four of today's guests went on to professional rugby careers and are currently all with London Irish. Um, we're going to hopefully discuss the positives of sort of going in as a group, the challenges of professional rugby, and see if they've got any advice for uh, aspirational current Wellington pupils about balancing uh, sort of life as a professional rugby player in university, as well as what they would sort of thought if they could go back and do sixth form again. Mr. Brennan will be able to offer a unique insight as an ex-housemaster at Wellington, who's housemaster of the Blue Cup, and obviously from a first 15 coach, and he now works over in Australia. So he's seen sort of a couple of different high-performing school environments. Hopefully there's a lot that people can take away, whether that's uh, young players or parents and teachers um, from the different insights we've got today. And then make sure you stick around to the end where we've asked the lads to pick their best Wellington College staff 15. So we'll see, we'll see who makes it into that. Firstly, let's go on to introducing all of the guys we've got in today. So, um, firstly, Harry, how are you? How's lockdown treating you? Yeah, I'm good, sir. Not bad. Yeah, lockdown's all right. 
watched a lot of Netflix. Um, <laughs> what's been the best yeah. thing you watched? Started watching the rewatching the Peaky Blinders because yeah. thought why not? So enjoying that, and then been trying to get out as much as possible. So like, if it's fun or just chilling in the garden, especially with the weather, which is lovely. Well, how have you? Yeah, all right, thank you. Do you want to, just sort of 30 seconds, do you want to give people a, a rundown of your sort of Wellington sports life? Yeah, um, well, I joined in third form. Uh, and basically what I've kind of done is rugby. I played a bit of hockey for a bit, but played yearlings in, obviously in third form and then moved up through the ages. One was quite lucky to be part of my, my year group. It was quite a special side, so I was quite lucky to win that West in fourth and then champions trophy twice and obviously i wasn't there but the st joe's never won roslyn park always got knocked out in the semi-final so <laughs> gutting had a good it's been a good it's been a good run um and i'm sure we'll dig into a little bit more of that as we as we go through so uh, moving on then to the first of our four ow's ben uh ben load up how how are you doing what does life look like as a professional rugby player at the moment yeah, all good. Um, life as a professional rugby player at the moment looks pretty similar to anyone else's life at the moment. We're just in lockdown, trying to keep fit and trying to keep occupied, watching a lot of Netflix um, and yeah, just doing doing what we can to not go insane, really. Yeah. And how, do you want to talk people through your sort of story um, sort of in and around school time and, and where Wellington fits into that? I didn't join in third form. I came um, in, in the sixth form. I was previously at a school back in Reading, um, day school, and then managed to, uh, to get scholarship trials at Welly um, and came through all that and joined in sixth form, came into the hill and um, played with these guys and the rest is history. You know? Cool. And well, as I say, I know Harry's going to talk to you a little bit more about sort of the other stuff around, but you've got a um, very successful brother. Is your brother play football professionally as well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he plays. Uh, Danny plays for Reading um, in their first team as well. So, both play, both play Modeski, and both close to home. So, no, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Oh, nice. That's cool. So we'll dig into that a little bit more. So, um, moving on then to Rory. Um, what's your story, Rory? Uh, so I was born in Glasgow, and I then moved to a place called Wigan when I was about fourteen years old. Uh, so I wanted to play rugby league. I also played Union at the same time, so I was at Salford, City Reds and Sales Sharks Academy. Um, and I think it was about 16, I got, I got a, someone came to me and mentioned that there was a bursary going for the Jimmy Hyam scholarship to go to Wellington College. So obviously that was a, a massive opportunity and I didn't have to think about it too long. So um, mm-hmm. I got to come in sixth form. Um, and at that stage, I was actually, I was actually um, looking at the score, and I was like, "There's no chance I'm going to make it into the backline." So I might as well. I was already thinking about um, changing to scrum half, so just uh, fitting in perfectly with the timing. And then yeah, came came to Wellington, and then I moved to London Irish Conservancy uh, because I wasn't been able to train with Sale, and that's how um, I am where I am today. So did you did you know of Wellington College before before sort of being contacted? I did. I I knew there was there was also one in the north called Kirkham. There was Kirkham and Wellington, and um, yeah, I definitely didn't have to think too much about it. Um, yeah. yeah, quite amazing. Nice. And um, moving on then to Tom um, from 
from the Hill. How are you, Tom? Very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Uh, what's your What's your story with Wellington and joining Wellington and that sort of thing? Um, yeah, I think mine's kind of a little bit different. So I actually went to um, the oratory senior school um, just because I was in the oratory prep school. So when I was 13, I left for secondary school to go there. Um, I kind of spent a time there and just it wasn't the right fit for me. Um, I didn't really like how the like the school basically. Um, and then luckily enough, uh, a kind of place came available at Wellington. Um, so I joined in the second term of third form, which was a little bit strange and a little bit different because obviously everyone had kind of made friends and stuff and I was just kind of trying to fit in, trying to fit in. Um, but no, then kind of um, played a bit of rugby and then kind of just made my way through that. And um, yeah, luckily I had a few, few good years there. Does, it, does that mean your first Wellington sport would have been hockey? Uh, play, yeah, play, yeah, play I was in the seconds. Yeah, <laughs> right winger, right winger. <laughs> I was in the seconds, Matt. Don't look at me like that. I was in the seconds. <laughs> um, okay, then last, last but not least, um, Matt Williams, how are you getting on? Morning, Kyle. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm going well, thank you. Um, I started in, um, in third form, so right from the beginning. Um, and then, yeah, work, worked my way up through the, the years and then was lucky enough to start playing under Mr. Brennan in fifth form and had three good years from there, yeah. So, yeah, from the beginning, I was that. Yes, that, that was something so I was going to ask you that, Tom, as well. So you, you two played three years together, did you? Fifth form, lower sixth and upper sixth in the first form? Yeah, yeah, three years. So, um, yeah, it was good. Tough in the first year. But, uh, yeah, it was good. Good years. I played with I played um, with Dolly before. I started playing with him when I was about eleven, actually. The first time I played really? with him, so I knew him before he came. Yeah. Where was that? Oh, I think we played at like under eleven barbarians or something like that. Prep school <laughs> barbarians. So yeah, I knew him. Okay, and then uh, final final guest to introduce um, is the first teacher we've had on the podcast. So Mr. Brennan, how are you getting on? Very well, thanks, Mr. McDonald. How are you? Yeah, staying staying busy with this sort of thing. How do you, do you want to talk people through your sort of Wellington CV and, and what you're doing now? Uh, so when I finished playing rugby myself, I, I became a teacher and I joined Wellington in 2008 um, as a PE teacher and first team coach. Um, and then after about six months, I got made the director of rugby, which I carried on doing for the next few seasons. Um, and then about halfway through in about 2012, I got made a house master as well, which was, uh, something I'd always wanted to do. So I spent four, four and a half years in the blue as the house master there and carried on coaching the first 15, the first seven. That's my story really. Cool. And where are you now? Uh, I'm at the Scots college in Sydney, which is, um, a big boys school. It's got 1200 boys in the senior school and 800 in the prep school. Um, Predominantly day school, but we've got about 300 boarders as well. Um, very, very sporty, similar culture. And uh, interestingly, their crest is, uh, is also a, a roaring lion. <laughs> that's what does it for you. Um, that's cool. That's, I know there's loads of stuff in there that, um, that we'll pick up on. and uh, We'll pick up on the sort of comparison between England and Australia. Certainly school rugby and, and how you found that um, as we go through. Um, I guess to start with, just talking to the, the lads in general, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that 
our players have been interested in, um, particularly those in lower sixth, is I know all of you are at, um, are doing university courses in some some way at the moment. Do, do you want to sort of anyone want to jump in and sort of explain what that looks like, how that came about, and what the what the good things are about what you're doing? I think Matt is really keen to answer this question. <laughs> am I unmuted? Am I? So as as far as I'm aware, we're all doing university degrees in different forms. So uh, Brandy does law at St Mary's, um, which is a part-time degree. So he goes in a couple of times a week and fits that around training. I think uh, Dolly does his online. He does. Is it right? Do- like a leadership management degree. That's correct. You're correct. Yeah, and he does that online at University of Northumbria. And then myself and Ben study economics and history respectively at Birkbeck which is evening study so it's in central London um, and we go in two to three times a week um, from like six to nine to do that so we don't miss any any rugby either so no we're all um, very keen to make sure that we did do a university degree Um, I think we all took maybe a year off once we started professionally just to focus on the rugby but um, no we all made sure that it was on our priority list to make sure we did something alongside it. So yeah, we're almost, I think most of us are coming towards the end of it-ish now. Maybe not Brandy, he's a few more years. Right. Is that self-funded? Did you, did you guys have to have to fund that yourselves or did you get any help from, from the club? Uh, I, don't, I don't know about the other boys, but no, mine's self-funded. Yeah, we get, um, we get a grant from the RPA, which is our union. Um, yeah. Which which helps us a little bit, but otherwise we do it kind of off our own back. So I guess the the question I would have then um, is sort of balancing that. Does that does that ever get on top of you? Like, have you found have you found that really difficult? We've had examples of guys that have um, sort of tried to be, sort of done senior academy like you did, but then decided actually I'm going to go to university and see what happens. So very recently, Josh, um, who captained your year, I think Ben um, yeah. went to Durham University. Um, yeah. and and we've had a couple Finn last year left um, and I think he's choosing to go to university now after a year at Irish so what what are the challenges around that sort of thing um, sort of balancing playing rugby and still trying to keep a degree going in whatever it looks like I think it's entirely individual um, in terms of fitting it and trying to trying to make it work I think um, for us four lads it, it works for how we like to do it I think we like to to train really hard to to you know play hard and then we kind of like to get away from it and and study and and do that kind of stuff just to kind of take our mind away from rugby I think that's you know kind of a way that we kind of get away from it um, but whereas some lads maybe not dislike it but perhaps just more enjoy the academic side of things and the more social side of university life that is obviously attracted to a lot of people so I think it's entirely individual in terms of how you know you want to live your life but I think for us it, it works in that way cool and then the last one then for me is on sort of Rory your experience doing it a bit going in um yeah. sort of part time what does how does that feel do you do you feel part of the university or is it just a, an end to a, a means to an end sort of thing I'd probably say it's more of a means to an end. You know, I go in, and this is obviously I have I got injured in, earlier in the year, and that gave me the opportunity to speak to the the head coach and be like, uh, let's I want to really want to prioritise uh, my law degree, <clears throat> so that I could actually go into physical lectures. And there is sometimes when I, I can't do that, and a lot a lot of the a lot of how they do it nowadays is is online as well. 
So although I can't go to the physical lecture, there's always something online for me. And just just on the the balancing of you know uni working professional rugby, I think there's a um, there actually is quite a lot of time. You know, I think maybe the rest of the boys might agree with me when I say that in our first in my first year when I didn't I didn't necessarily do anything. Um, you know, you you finish training that about. Two o'clock, three o'clock, and then you've got uh, you've got quite a lot a long time until you go to bed and repeat it the next day. So for me, it's not necessarily something that I enjoy, but it's something that you know can keep my mind my mind ticking over. And because it, it just I guess it just saves you from just like repeating your day every day, going finishing rugby, going home, playing your PS4, watching Netflix. <laughs> um, you know, it gives you something to do. Mr. Brennan, we get it a lot from parents asking sort of advice and stuff. Is there anything you you would say over your time from seeing lots of boys in lots of different ways, have you got any sort of golden nuggets for them to, any advice you would give? Um, my advice was always prepare when you're at school to keep every door open. So work, work just as hard in the classroom and on your academics as you do on the rugby field so that if either opportunity presents itself, you can take the opportunity and you've got genuine choices. Um, I think, um, you know, at the start of my teaching career, I was very, very much, you need to go to university straight away. Rugby can wait and, you know, you can start your professional career at 21. Um, I probably pivoted from that position in around 2013 when I started seeing the importance of that formative year straight out of school. Um, and, and my advice kind of changed then to make sure you're set up to go to university when you're ready, whether that's at 20, 21, 22, whenever it might be, but really focus on your rugby as soon as you get out of school so that you can make those initial gains because your first year in full-time professional rugby is a, a very big change um, in terms of eating habits and, and you're often living away from home and you're living with other people your age and your lifestyle changes a little bit and the training volume and intensity goes up. So that first year is really quite important to adjust to. Um, but yeah, I would always say if you've, if you've had the benefit of an education like what Wellington offer and your parents have invested that in you and in the school, then you need to be in a position to be able to choose to go to university if you want to, when you want to. Um, and that would be my advice. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for that. And now let's move into Harry. I know you've got a load of, a load of questions that you've either taken from a few boys or, um, or you've thought of yourself. So do you want to delve into some of the questions you've got for the lads, Harry? I was just quite interested, like, uh, Tom, when you, I think you scored your, like, first, your first try against Leicester, was it, in the Prem? Yeah. I was like, like how did that, what was that for, like, is, uh, was that, like, quite a big... Um, like, do you know what, it's a really weird one, because me and Matty were on the, um, on the bench, just watching Benny Loder carve up. Um, and we were like, do you know what would be ideal right now? Coming on with like 15 to 20 to go and just, you know, not, we're 15, 20 points up. There's no pressure on us. And we kind of get an intercept and then you kind of, you know, that's you. And it's weird because the exact thing, Benny put in a hell of a, a shot. And um, I literally just picked up the ball and just ran. And the exact thing happened, like what we had spoken about uh, in the first half. Um, but yeah, no, it was obviously uh, a good feeling. Um, but yeah, it was just weird how it kind of came about and we kind of almost talked it into existence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, lucky for him, I was having to play 12 and get run, sorry, get run over. 
get run over in 20 minutes. But I did meet him under the post to celebrate. But <laughs> We could edit that Sorry, out, parents. Sorry, parents. Sorry, parents. <laughs> <laughs> i got like, another one for Ben. Um, with your brother being a pro footballer and, uh, and you guys being quite uh, around each other quite a bit, is there like skills you've learned from him uh, that you uh, that he's also learned from you, like obviously like kicking the ball and stuff, but like mentally. Yeah, I like. mean, yeah, I think it's interesting because the sports are so different in so many ways, but also like there are a lot of similar things that we find, um, especially with stuff like mentally preparing for games and um, setbacks that you may have, or like being left out of teams and stuff. So that's stuff that we talk about quite a lot. But I mean. I don't think I could teach him anything. I like to think that I'm a decent footballer, but he, um, you know, he regularly shows me up um, on a day-to-day basis. So, um, yeah, I don't know whether he's learned anything off me either because, um, you know, he, he pretty much sorts it himself. But, no, like, like I said, there's, there's certain similarities and certain things that we can take from each other, um, which, are, which are pretty valuable. And, like, just keeping that competitive competitive spirit like between us which is which we've always had which pushes us on yeah and did you um did you play did you play football growing up did you play other sports as well as rugby when you were growing up when you were growing? yeah I mean I didn't I came to rugby relatively late I mean I, I started sort of under sixes and stuff but I quit basically when contact came in I quit um, <laughs> and I played um I played football for a while and I played cricket um quite seriously as well um and then sort of in year eight, so yeah, year eight, year nine, so kind of third form, I started getting back into rugby, um, playing for my school and then playing for my club. And then, yeah, came back and just sort of managed to get picked up by county and then by Irish and then came to Welly through that. Cool. Do you, do you, reckon, that, do you reckon that's helped? I mean, we, we joked with Tom that his first bit of Wellington sport was, was hockey, but do you reckon playing those other sports, particularly younger on, helped where you are now and, and that sort of thing? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think just just being in and around team sports, but also like the skills that you get from from stuff like cricket or um, or football or anything like that, you know, just little things like that that you might not even notice um, definitely help help further down the line when, when it came to rugby. Rory, like when you when you played in the uh, under 20s uh, World Championship final, like how did you like prepare for that game? Because obviously it's like quite a massive game. I think I just thought like any other game. Obviously, there's a bit, a bit more hype. For for me personally, when I came on, it was just the same as any other game. You come on and all that doesn't matter anymore. You don't think about it at all. Um, as soon as you pass that first ball, you're into the game, and you know th- that was one of the probably one of the best, um, the best atmospheres I've ever played in front of in my life. Um, and yeah, it was, a, it was an amazing, amazing time actually out there in France for the World Cup. Um, you- but yeah, I think because we 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 spent a bit, we, by that stage that that group of boys we've been together for since under sixteens really, so uh, we're also used to each other. So it was, uh, definitely wasn't something that was uh, didn't seem like an impossible task. Did you find like the physicality was different because it was because it was a final and like everyone was like a bit more like hyped up? Uh, for, for me, for me, because I'm a scrum master, I don't really get get involved in that, so I, I, I couldn't tell you that to be honest. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, definitely, definitely was. But there's definitely a big difference, even even at that level. There's definitely a big difference to when you you play in the, the adult game, 
the contact does definitely come up. So obviously everyone's a lot heavier, and that that is definitely noticeable. Yeah. One thing I'm really interested in, um, Rory, with the age group um, sort of teams that you guys grew up together in, an extension of the school game really, wasn't it? It was very, very open, very fast, um, very much sort of unstructured rugby. Then going into a yeah. uh, sort of a first team environment, London Irish, who uh, I can't remember whether you guys joined in the championship or whatever, but you had very clear goals of either promotion into the championship or staying up in the championship. How do the age group teams prepare you for... A bit more. Is it much more structured in the first team? Like, is there a lot more game planning and, and that sort of thing? I think, as corny as I says, that age group, that age group, it's more like like expressing yourself and showing what you can do. Whereas you quickly learn, um, like I quickly learned when I came to London Irish that that's you're not a schoolboy anymore, and you know <laughs> you're not playing against schoolboys, and that was the biggest learning curve for me. You know, you're there to you're there to service your your team. Um, so for me as a scrum half, I'm there to pass the ball to the 10, I'm there to pass the ball to the forwards, and then what I can do can come later in the game. That was one of the biggest things that I learned and had to learn that quickly. I guess, Tom, that would be your the biggest change in your, and I guess, Ben, a little bit of fullback, but your job would have changed dramatically, I guess, going from school and age-grade rugby to being a now professional fullback. Um, yeah, I think my first experience of um, like actually playing the playing for London Irish was actually when we had to like call we had like different moves for like each line out so we had like a you know six two six man options a five man option a, like a three seven man options and trying to get my head around in terms of how that worked I found like quite hard initially um just because I'd have to be able to call like seven man blah 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 was the move and um you know so I think that was something that I took me a bit of time to kind of get my head around but I think, you know, once you get used to it, it kind of just becomes a bit of second nature. But um, yeah, I think in terms of that initial confidence level that comes from, you know, the coach's belief in you and, you know, your teammates around you, just making sure that you know your job and stuff like that and the prep that you do in the week. But it, at the end of the day, it is just, you know, you've been playing the same game for a long time now. So nothing really changes in terms of your fundamentals. It's just, you know, how you maybe communicate and some of the moves and stuff like that is just a bit more structured really have you ever thought of like playing abroad and they've obviously got like uni stuff going on at the moment but maybe i thought about going over to like new zealand or somewhere like that yeah it's something i suppose i've, I've thought about um i mean I'm, I'm pretty pretty content with london irish at the moment um i think we're in a pretty exciting place going forward um with the players we've got a good blend of youth us boys and then some of the older boys so some really world-class players we've brought in but um, yeah, it's something I've thought about. I mean, I have a, I have Australian lineage, so <laughs> I could play over there. Um, so you know, it was something I thought about at one stage, but um, no, it hasn't materialised yet. But it's something I'd be interested in to do at some point. I think it's a really good opportunity as a rugby player. You have the ability to travel and play and live in different um, places around the world. So it's definitely something I haven't ruled out. Joe, Joe March was. Down to do that, wasn't he? Was he on loan somewhere? Was it Auckland? I want to say. I don't know. I can't. I don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah. Do you reckon that's um, that a bit more common? Yes, I think so. Potentially, uh, it depends with which club you're at. Um, some clubs are more keen for you to do it. Others um, don't really like doing it, from what I understand. But um, I think it will potentially become more commonplace. And yeah. I think it's a good thing, to be fair. It's good to develop against different players, different style of play. Um, so, 
yeah, something I potentially might think about doing. But yeah, because at the moment, um, I don't know if you all if you all had this experience, but at the moment, typically as a youngster in a Premiership team, you'd get loaned out to what Nat Nat One, Nat Two, sometimes the Championship clubs. Is that the sort of partner clubs that you've got? I know Rory, you've played a bit at Roslyn Park, haven't you? Um, I, I don't know if the other the rest of you played at any at all. Um, it, it, what would that? What does that look like as preparation for going into um, back into London Irish? It's obviously you, you, you're put into another environment straight away. Um, the thing I found hard was going. You know, you you train on a Tuesday, Tuesday and Thursday night, so you'll be you'll be training at London Irish during the day. You know, you'll be quite tired. You'll you have to fit in uni work in between that, and then you're back in your car about five o'clock. Um, driving through London traffic to go to the train with Roslyn Park. So that definitely took a bit of getting used to. I think uh, Matt was there with me as well. Um, but yeah, it was, again, you're going from uh, London Irish and then you're going to Roslyn Park, which then takes you down a level, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was a really good experience and it was actually quite a good um, opportunity to meet different people. Obviously, with professional rugby, you're, you're surrounded by professional rugby players. Whereas I find it was really interesting to that was the part was that actually everyone does you know different things with their life. So a lot of them were like what in the city as insurance brokers and um, things like that, which is quite good to find out a bit more about that. Uh, but I also went to London Scottish as well. Uh, Matty was there as well. So was Tom Parton, and that was mm. again that was a good experience. Because Harry, you're you're planning to go to New Zealand, aren't you, Harry? To to play, obviously, depend on what's happening in the world and, and you're signed up to play for Broad Street is that right Harry? Yeah before I go out there hopefully to get a bit of, a bit of game time before I head out to New Zealand for Sumner What's the appeal of club rugby for you? I think it's just I don't want to be I don't want to lose I don't want to stop playing rugby at school and then just sit around and do nothing before I go to university I just want to try and get a lot, get better and I think Broad Street's I emailed them and they seem quite keen. So I think we're quite nice to learn from guys who are quite a lot older than me. Um, hand on as well, which should be should hopefully should be good fun. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. I think Rory Rory's point there about sort of different people with different different views on the world and um, and Ben talking about sort of what he's learned from other sports and just being involved in different teams and different environments. I think super important. Um, another couple of questions, Harry, before we move um, on to sort of talking to Mr. Brennan a little bit more. Yeah, it's like it's kind of for all of you. Um, so, what was your favourite like memory of playing in first fifteen? And like, because obviously you all played. To, I think you all played together. One of mine is watching. Well, I remember my first day was actually. I think I arrived just before we played like RGS High Wycombe, and you, I think like, all of you touched the ball as you like. You, I think Matt, you scored it, but it was like I think that was. So you guys scored some pretty nutty tries. So I'm just like wondering what your favourite memory was. Could be one of a million tries in 2015. Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? Um, I think mine was against Tunbridge away, actually. Um, when which that was the game where we won um, the Daily Mail. It was a really close game as well. They were pretty good, and I think we only won it by one. Dolly scored an intercept try, um, and that was kind of the moment. It was my last. It was last game of the season in that lower six. Um, and yeah, that was pretty good. That was one of my best things, I'd say. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, yeah, I think, well, my, mine was probably 
I had a I had a really I had a bad injury when we went on tour and when I first joined. Um and so I didn't play for a while. Um and then I remember playing Tunbridge on our first game, my first game on big side. Um and with my first touch I I scored there and it was um that was pretty special, you know, playing playing my first game on big side and managing to score in that game. So for me it was probably the when we when we won Boston Park when we were in lower six. Um, that was probably one of the best moments. I think there was such a, a such a, a build up to that. Um, you know, Brennan was one of the main parts of that. Just the amount of training and the hard work that we put in to get to that stage. I think, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was forty nine games unbeaten in that seven season. <laughs> to them, is that is that right, everyone? That sounds right. Stuff like that. Um, yeah, so just to fight, finally win that last game, it was yeah, really special. Was a proper, bit, a bit of an anti-climax. Bit of an anti-climax. So I had to... Don Brampton fished hard, wasn't he? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it was. What about, what about you, Tom? What's your, what's your favourite memory? Um, yeah, I think mine was... Probably similar to Roy's, I think, um, would be the winning the Rosen Part Sevens, um, just because of the amount of work and how hard the tournament was. I remember that Millfield semi-final was um, an unbelievable game, and then I think the fact as well that it was so close with um, John Fisher in the final, and then being able to play them again at Twickenham, and just kind of going out there and just because we were all fresh, we were all fit, and we knew that we could. Um, you know, if we played to what we were capable of, you know, we, we would win. And I think playing that was, you know, with, with the Macy you've been with since however long was, was really special. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably say those two, those two moments. Is seven something that you guys miss when you, when you leave school? Like, I, know, I know, I don't know, I can remember distinctly Rory captaining in the Prem Shield. Um, Matt, did you play in it as well? What the, no, sorry, not the Prem Shield, the Prem Seven. Um, is that something that you miss as professional players or does that in your mind is it just a school going and then you move on um, well I, myself Tom and Rory played in the Prem 7s when we were in our lower 6th summer and that was quite a wake up call to how tough <laughs> it can be um, we actually got basically abused for four games in a row um, <laughs> So I certainly don't miss that. But I, I suppose I'm, you miss the... There's just a lot less space in the 15s game, especially in men's rugby. So I suppose it's quite nice as we're all pretty fast or have good feet. So I suppose that was quite easy at, at schoolboy level, but I think it's a, it's a really tough game um, at 15... Uh, sorry, at, at men's level. And the fitness is just... Uh, mm. It's really high. It's really high. So I don't, I don't miss the training for that as much. When Mr Brennan used to make us run a lot yeah I was going to say that I, I don't miss the training as well I, I remember having nightmares about sevens training on big sides so <laughs> I don't miss that um, Mr. Brennan has, have you noticed a difference in mentality between like the Scots boys and when you've coached over at Wellington like I think the mentality is similar in that they absolutely love rugby as a school and the boys in the top squad are really, really motivated. Um, and, and that's exactly like Wellington. Um, some of the differences are it, it's a little bit more uh, coach-led over here in, in that the, the boys are, are, are desperate for the knowledge, but 
they're desperate for the, the coach to give it to them. Whereas I always found at Wellington, it was much easier to get the boys to own things themselves and make decisions themselves. Um, and, you know, I, I tried to coach in that way as well, that, you know, put a framework in place that allowed boys to express themselves. And, you know, by the end of my time at Wellington, I, I kind of felt like I was pretty redundant as a coach because we had some really talented players and they were really motivated and I used to just enjoy going and watching them play on a Saturday um, and then just thinking about how I could make the training in the week enjoyable and, and make it so that they felt like they were improving because, you know, I could see even then that quite a high number of the boys were going to go on and play professional rugby. Um, and it was just a case of trying to get them prepared for that in a way that they could own their own development because I knew how important that would be when they left school. That's something I'm really interested in, Mr. Mr. Brennan. With, um, you said you could tell that these guys were going to be future professionals, and I guess you've, you must have coached a number of people that have done that, as well as coaching probably countless really good school players that haven't become professional players. What, is there something you can put your finger on that, that says you can spot that, or is it something that sort of you, you have an eye? Or So I think, first and foremost, at schoolboy level, there has to be... Uh, you know, a, a point of difference in a player, and that could be either physical point of difference, uh, you know, in speed or size, um, a, a skill point of difference, or even a work rate attitude point of difference. It, it is noticeable when you see those types of players coming through, um, and then once they've got that, there's a whole combination of things. They've got to have the right opportunity. Um, and they've got to have some luck as well. You know, luck plays a big part. There are some really talented schoolboy players that had all the ingredients that it just didn't work out for, and they went into a professional game and then it fizzled. Um, I think the nice thing about um, these guys here is that they were really fortunate in the, the London Irish Academy at the time had some outstanding people in it. You know, um, people like Nick Kennedy, um, who, who went on to the first team as well at London Irish with them. Um, prior to that, there was people like Neil Hatley, um, Declan Danaher. You know, these are top quality people um, who, who helped to develop and create an environment in which boys felt like they were developing at school, but they still wanted to go to the club too. Um, and I think if you can get that balance right between club and school, um, in that everyone's pulling in the, in the same direction, which is ultimately produce the best rugby player and best person possible, then you've got a chance of success. And I think the timing of all those ingredients for these boys was really good. Um, and because there were a lot of them at the same time, they pushed each other and they motivated each other. And, and it helped to keep the standard of training and um, engagement and everything they were trying to do really high. So... I don't know if there's a, there's a knack for it. You know, I think sometimes you get a sense that it's possible with certain boys. And then, you know, if all those factors work out in the right way, then we get to watch them on TV and text them when we get old and pretend that we knew them once when we were schoolboys now that they're famous. <laughs> and and in, your, in your boarding house, I mean, I know Rory was in there, but you had a few more as well. Um, Sam, the year above, these guys... How does the HM experience or the house master experience help with sort of spotting talent and that sort of thing? I think it's it's about trying to help 
people become good people. You know, it's probably how I'd summarize it. You know, housemasters uh, at Wellington in particular in a boarding environment have got a really powerful position in terms of being able to mold um, boys' outlook on the world and outlook on each other and themselves. Um, so I think from that perspective, that experience of seeing boys outside of the environment that they're super comfortable in, which is rugby, and seeing them socialising with boys of different ages, how they react and treat boys, how they approach their studies, how they conduct themselves around the school. I think, I think those things are equally important. Um, and I, I don't think it's any coincidence that the people that have success in sport or in other areas are, you know, are on the whole very good people, very well grounded. And I think being a housemaster allows you to see those different aspects and, you know, help guide people through them as well, because, you know, teenagers make mistakes. You know, these boys made mistakes, I'm sure, when they were younger. And I made mistakes when I was younger. But it's the way people react and, and grow through those experiences that's the most important thing. And I think being a housemaster gives you full visibility on that. And, you know, Rory will remember Sam, Sam when he was at Wellington. And so will Matty and, and Tom. You know, Sam was a great character at, at school and we always knew that he had huge potential. Um, but, you know, fundamentally, he was, he was a brilliant, brilliant person, a brilliant bloke who, you know, he made mistakes like anyone else, but grew through them. And, you know, it's been fantastic to see him, you know, move on to Leicester and, and get some good run outs before his recent injury and, you know, touch base with him and, and see what a fine person he's developed into as well. Oh, that's cool. Harry, you've got one more question you want to ask, or are oh, you, you ticked all your boxes? Sorry, I think I'm questioned out. I don't know a question. <laughs> so I'm going to do some, some quick-fire ones then. Um, this is for sort of everyone um, in the room at the moment. So, first one I want to ask is, who's the best player you've played with at Wellington or coached at Wellington? Mine's... I've probably got, I've probably got two. I'd probably say my, my good mate, Finn Baxter, and uh, Jack... And Jack Reed, probably the two. They're quite close with probably the best players I've played with. I'd probably say when we were at school, I think Brett Heron was very good as a player in Upsick. I mean, he was injured, to be fair, a fair bit. But as a player, I thought he was very good at school level. And now, obviously, but um, <laughs> I noticed it then a lot. I'd go Will Wilson. <laughs> Love a number eight. Bill kick. Bill Bilson. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with Tom. Tom with that one. Well, I'm I'm stuck because most of these guys are the ones who are near above me, so <laughs> I can't really I can't really pick any of them. Um, I'd probably go with with my good friend Josh Basham. He was yeah, he was pretty distracted at schoolboy level, um, so I'd say him. Um, that's a pretty tough one. I think um, you know all the guys on this call, you know, were outstanding. Um, you know, Josh Basham, I thought was was a superb player. Uh, he played he played in the forwards in the fifth fourth and regularly got man of the match. And he was 15 years old, which was just a phenomenal achievement. And I think when when those boys got to their upper sixth year, having played for two or three years, they actually looked like they couldn't be playing in the game anymore. They looked like they were just above it. Um, and I think when you stand out that much, um, that's, that's incredibly impressive. I think probably the player that had the most impact in my time when I was at Wellington, when he was on the field, was probably Sam Edgley, um, which was when I first started. And 
he, he had an incredible impact as an individual player um, in terms of his talent and ability, but his influence on the other players and the culture as well. He, had a, he was incredibly competitive. He had an incredible work ethic. Um, and, you know, he was really down-to-earth, grounded young man as well. And, you know, he played three years of first 15. Uh, and I remember him getting called up to England under-18s and he was, he was still an under-16, which was just a phenomenal appearance. Uh, sorry, a phenomenal achievement. Uh, and I remember in his upper sixth year having conversations about him going to the Hong Kong Sevens with the full England team whilst he was still at, still at school. And, and he did actually play for England under-20s whilst he was still at school too. Um, so, you know, as a schoolboy, he was, he was pretty exceptional. Well, the last one then for everyone would be the, the best player you played against then similarly or, or coached against. At something. school or now? Well, yeah, let's do both. One, one at school and, and that you've now come up against as pros. I think Ben Earl at school. Yeah. Um, from Tunbridge, he was, he kind of had that, you know, schoolboy was too easy for him. Um, vibe because he was he's basically the same size that he is now and just <laughs> as quick so he was he was unbelievable at school um, yeah yeah. I remember going out to me and Aspland actually went like tried to line him up when we played Tunbridge and ran at him for about five metres away and both hit him and he didn't move <laughs> so <laughs> yeah he was he was definitely at school um, and like I said he's gone on to to play for England already, so um, yeah, he's he's a pretty good player. I'd, I'd probably have to agree with that. Um, same again, he's yeah, just again super destructive and looked like he just didn't belong. Looked like he was a step above. Uh, Ali Crosdale or Johnny McPhillips. Yeah, one of the one of my biggest regrets uh, playing for Wellington was that we got beat by several both years, and that was uh, due to both of those boys. Um, so, yeah. That, that first game, that your lower sixth, I can remember that. Uh, that was the first game I watched of that. Obviously, you lost by you lose by try or lose by three points, Johnny. Three three points. He was kicking kicking goals from like forty meters yeah. out on the touchlines. We got done by the refs. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember that forward pack. It, who Alex Moon was in that forward pack, wasn't he? For said, but he was a proper yeah. player. But, uh, yeah. That's it, Mister Brennan. All you need to do is bring in some forwards. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, why, why are you bothering with me? Come on, get some forwards in. We needed a prop. Bruce comes around the best. Second row then, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Start in the second row, mate. Oh, I could do it. I could do it. Um, <laughs> go on, friend. Um, I, I, ben Earl did stand out hugely at school. And even when he was an under-16, I just remember him running over... 18-year-olds in a first-team fixture just thinking 15 years old and he's running through not just schoolboy players he's running through guys that were academy players and, and in England's squad like they were just you know two years younger than him um, but obviously Mauro Toji as well he stood out when when he walked on the pitch he, he looked like a professional rugby player already and uh, he carried he carried that, that team it's actually, I believe, in a polar in the, in the same team. Thankfully, he was injured when he played them. Well, and, and just going, going look, looking a little bit more into the Wellington stuff, I mean, um, Rory, you mentioned one of your biggest regrets was not being said. Now, I'm not going to ask this to everyone. I'll sort of ask a few targeted questions here. 
Um, Matt, what would be one of your regrets from your time at Wellington? It might be rugby, it might be sport. Um... I suppose, the, so the reason earlier for when you said best moment, I got injured in the first day of the sevens when we won it. So that was obviously pretty gutting. Obviously, I was delighted we won, but you always want to be on the pitch. Um, so I had to watch that from the sidelines. So that was a shame. Um, to be honest, I, I regret that I didn't do, because rugby was um, so important to me and I knew that I wanted to be a professional. So at, at times, I, you know, I was very nervous for games. Um, I wish I'd done something like, I really enjoyed when Tom and I played football in the fourth form and we didn't care at all about the result. Not at all. And it was so much fun. So I wish I'd done, um, I don't know, done a few more. I wish I'd done gents cricket um, and maybe, I don't know, just, just play something where it was a little bit, because sport was so important to us all then. So it would have been nice to do maybe a couple of sports where it was pretty chill, didn't matter, and I could just have fun with my friends and not care at all. We used to be the, like the Chuckle Brothers at the back, me and Dolly. Hell <laughs> of a, a centre-back just, pairing. Just <laughs> cutting down people. John so Terry and Carvalho in their prime. <laughs> I wish I'd done more. I wish I'd done more of that. that that's really interesting. That's come up quite a lot. I think Sam, Sam Spink said sim- very similar things. Um, Hector said that was one of his biggest regrets, is like not being able to... Because because rugby for you guys and for these guys now is two terms, um, a lot. Mr. Yeah. Brennan, do you have do you have a solution for that? Do you think there's a there is a way around that, or is it something that boys need to find a different way to scratch that itch? Look, it's very difficult when you get to the elite elite level that these boys are playing at because there's there's England camps and there's academy games and and things like that. I think um, one thing I would always say is that if you are in that bracket and you're doing two terms of rugby, then it's really important that the summer term, you just do something you really love. Um, and even if you're in an academy, they're going to send you a conditioning program, which you can do. But if you love cricket or you love athletics or tennis or something like that, then that's a great way to just go and play a sport that you, you enjoy, that there's no pressure. You haven't put any pressure on yourself. Um, that doesn't mean you can't achieve your other goals. You know, if there's physical goals that have been set for you and things like that, or skill goals in your in your sport, but I think that's probably the best way to approach it. It's difficult in terms one and two because you are focused on performing and developing in the area that you want to make a career out of. So, um, but it, it is important, and, and I'm sure the boys have worked out now since they've become professional rugby players the ways to unwind and try and switch off from from the game um, and, and getting in those habits when you're at school is just as important. And then a couple I've got then for, again, this is from people that sent some in. Someone was, uh, guys that have joined in, in lower six, I guess, to Ben and Rory. What were, the, what were the challenges that you found coming into Wellington? I mean, Rory, you mentioned it was all you've heard of and it was a big, a big sort of prize. But what were the challenges you faced doing that? Challenges? Uh, to honest, I'll be honest, I, I, I thought it was quite, for me, it was quite seamless. Uh, obviously, being a role player, you're, you're always around role players, so you know how to speak to them. So obviously, before I came to Wellington, we had like a mini pre-season, so I knew all the boys before the term started, and also knew Matt and Tom through uh, regional stuff. So for me, was, I found, personally found it quite easy um, you know, to fit in with people. I'd, I'd say the same. I think um, I was lucky enough to join when we had a tour to South Africa in the pre-season before, so... Um, yeah, managed to. That was a good sort of trip away to really bond with the guys. I knew a few of them before, like Bash and Jacob Webb, who was coming in and stuff like that. So I think um, that South Africa trip and then 
you know, it was pretty seamless after that. And obviously joining a new school can be pretty daunting, but when you know you've got mates in the rugby team, um, you always have someone to talk to, someone, uh, you know, some people in your house to, to sit and have lunch with and stuff like that. So it was, yeah, like Brandy said, it was pretty, pretty seamless. Good tour, that. <laughs> yeah, lovely, lovely tour that. You want it? Moving, moving swiftly to. Um, I was, you I was a zombie. Tom, Tom, and Matt. Um, what would be your sort of advice around to the sixth form students in general? I guess um, we've had a little bit around sport, but generally, guys in their sixth form, um, given what you've sort of done now and how you're feeling since you've left school, what would you be saying to these guys now going into their lower sixth? Um, I guess the probably the easiest thing to say is just to enjoy it. I think, um, you know, people talk about like a Wellington bubble and stuff like that. And you get, I remember people coming in, like OWs coming in and being like, you don't realise how quick it goes and all that stuff. But I think that's probably something that, you know, just, just enjoy it. Enjoy being with your mates. Enjoy, you know, training. Enjoy, you know, studying. Enjoy all that stuff. So I think that kind of stuff, um, you know, just don't take it for granted, I think. Just enjoy every little moment um, of it. Yeah, I'd echo, I'd echo that. I think people, when they join are going, or going into sixth form, start to kind of figure out a little bit more who they are um, and what they want to do. And just, I suppose, just be true to that. Just literally do what makes you happy at school because there's so many opportunities to do stuff like that. So, um, yeah, take it all in. I know it's easy to say now that we've finished, but they offer you so many opportunities. Just try and take them all. Harry, what, what about you then? Is it a very recent sort of lever? I guess you've still technically got a month left, but um, what would you sort of say to yourself going back a year and a half now if you, if you could redo sixth form or give yourself a bit of advice? Uh, main notes and lower sixth, probably. That would probably be a good one. Um, <laughs> you kind of just got to throw yourself into everything, really, um, especially in lower sixth because you've got time to do it. So if it's rugby or whatever you love to do, just make sure you just get out and do it. Spe- the summer term obviously quite big, so there's, there's, I'm gutted for the lower six that didn't get their summer term uh, to play cricket and all that. But um, yeah, just throw yourself like as much as possible, and then just see where you end up, basically. Cool. Let's um, we'll finish off then with a little bit of a, a little bit. For we haven't done one of these yet um, from the guests I've had, but we've we've asked everyone to prepare their Wellington Star 15s. Um, now we're not going to go through sort of person by person who are your who are your first 15? But we'll go sort of in positional groups. Some will be some will be easier than others, I imagine. Um, who, we'll start with, we'll go Mr. Brennan. Front row, Mr. Brennan. Uh, I've got Mr. Tkachuk. <laughs> Obvious. <laughs> couple of World Cups as a prop. Uh, Dr. Rosen as hooker. Yeah. Played a few varsity yeah. games. Yeah. Not afraid of an opinion. And... Uh, it's got to be big Dr. Prom, hasn't it? Yeah! <laughs> that's, that's, our, that's our front row. Yeah, that's what we got. I had, I had Housemaster Janikis in, uh, in hooking. No. Oh, nah, he's going to be a niggly six or seven. Yeah, we can he's seven. Row, he's he's seven. He'd do some horrible things in the rock. He'd get over the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Harry, who's your, who's your front row? I'd, be, I'd basically say, obviously, I'm... Don't know the other two, but I had Mr. Ellis and Mr. Richards. I had Mr. Ellis hooking. Ellis. I thought I just had to, I had to get him in though. I had to get him in. Uh, you've lost you've lost some teacher rugby players since we left the tour. You, you, you would have seen him coming. 
warming up with 140 kg on the bench in the gym. Um, he was mad. He was mad, actually. Second rows. Then we'll go to the uh, the London Irish lads. Who have you got in the second row? Um, I thought we had Sh- yeah. Shortland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had Dyer as my other one, but oh, yeah. <laughs> I had Dyer as well. Yeah. I had Dyer. Yeah. Robin. Strong line-out yeah. jumper. Just a good leader. And, and Alan, yeah. Alan Wynne-Jones to me. He'd be the cooler, yeah. Line-out cooler, yeah. yeah. He'd be, he's the brains. He's the brains. Yeah. No disrespect. Yeah. No disrespect to Shorty, obviously. Just uh, <laughs> yeah, the opposition without shouting. Um, yeah. back, like, back row then, Harry, who did you go for in the back row? Who's your, uh, who's your engine room? I went Mr. Murray, Mr. Barrett yeah. and Mr. Pratt. <laughs> Mr. Pratt. <laughs> I feel, I feel like, I feel like Mr. Pratt's just quite agile. He can get around the park. He'd be, like, he'd be my open side. The dwarf. Get him in the back. <laughs> the dwarf. Bilbo. <laughs> he, <makes sense. laughs> um, he, he could be, water, he could be water boy maybe. <laughs> um, Mr. Brandon, who have you got in the back row? Uh, I had uh, Mr. Murray at six. I had Jesus yeah. at seven, and I had Shorty, I had Shorty at eight, because he was the skillful back rower, you know, sevens. he was definitely a back row, not a second row, he wouldn't have enjoyed that. Lads, lads, who did you get in there? I actually put Mr. Hitchings in, I think he's got a blue. Yeah. Do you remember Mr. Hitchings? Does he have a blue or not? I don't think he's got, I don't think he's got a blue in, in rugby, I think he's got a half blue in throwing the hammer or something, but yeah, he was, I remember him. I thought I'm a bit of a wild number six is what I was thinking. Yeah. I didn't actually have an eight. I had Janik at Janik seven. Janik at seven. Mm. Yeah. That's a non-negotiable. <laughs> Look, he's going to bring the niggle. Yeah. I'd miss the Sutcliffe at six, just if you wanted to fight. Oh, Sutcliffe. Oh, yeah. Iron I'd, chin. That's a good one. Iron chin. I had English. Do you know that, lads? Oh, my God. He had a plate. He had a plate in his face. He was rock um, yeah, I had, I had English at eight again, a bit of a bruiser who you guys probably don't know, newer. And I picked, I picked the master at seven. I've got to get the master in somewhere so he can, um, Mr. Dahl, Mr. Dahl just running the show, getting around, <laughs> um, keeping us all under lock and key. Um, I'm scared to ask this, but who, um, who have we picked at Scrum Half? Frensky! Got to be. Got to be. I didn't put myself as Harry, Harry, who did you pick? You might not have picked him. <laughs> I put Mr. Brown fly half actually. Oh. I thought yeah. Yeah. I could run the show. But... I actually, uh, I didn't. I put Mr. Pratt at scrum half because he actually played scrum half for England under 16s kind of that night. Oh. And uh, I put myself yeah. at ten. It was only right. <laughs> <laughs> and captain. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I had Brennan in there. Um, Fly half. We said Mr. Brennan's at fly half, and a couple. I picked Mr. McGarry. Um, little quick uh, feet. You remember that? Right? We put we, we put him on the wing actually. McGarry. Yeah. Did you have it ten? Yeah. Did um, you have it ten? <laughs> I'd like to take it back, but I did have Franklin down. Tell you what, no, no, sorry, I take that back. John Kinneber. <laughs> bit of, oh, bit of Aussie yeah. Blair. <laughs> Cooper Brentsky at nine, and then Kinneber at ten. That's what we mm. had. I think if Franklin was at it was at ten, I'm not sure Brennan would pass it. 
Um, <laughs> how, about, how about in the centres? I went with a big, big South African 12. I went with Mr. Carr, smashing people in the midfield. Mm. Who, who have we got in the centres? Yeah. I got Mr. Um, Mr. Heel at 12. Yeah. I remember him, mm. big barrel. And then I had Kimber <laughs> at 13. Yeah, we actually, I put Hicks in at 12. He's actually quite big. He's 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 quite big. big. He's a big unit. (laughs) Mate, I wouldn't fancy tackling him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mr. McDonald, I've got you on my outside. We'll put McDonald in. I picked picked one of your favourites, Matt. I picked Mr. Carpenter at 13 to do the Manu role. He fancied himself a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he fancied a Bristolian, a bit of Bristolian muscle in there. Um, a bit, of, nig- the bit of niggle, moin. <laughs> um, we put, Mc- we, put Mc- we put McGarry on one wing. We actually put Wilco on the other, Mr. Yeah. Wilkinson. And we actually put Smokey Oki at 15 because he'd be closest to the posts. <laughs> 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 so, so he could disappear like he did every third form game we had <laughs> I hope he's watching <laughs> I, went for, I went for Franklin at 15 hiding at the back avoiding all the contacts I had uh, I had Pearson on one wing Mr Pearson line dock housemaster and on the left wing we have to get him in there somewhere Dr Selden He's got to be, <laughs> got to be on the pitch. <laughs> Harry, any differences? Uh, I had Mr. Reesby, uh, Mr. McGarry, and I had Mr. Ewer at fullback because I think he got. <laughs> I think he, yeah, I think he, he played. He played fullback back in the day. He told us. <laughs> so he's my fullback. Drawing eyes. I had Mr. Pratt back there at fullback. Cleaning up, uh, Oka's, Oka's on one wing, and I picked Mr. Larson on the other wing. He tells me how quick he is, so give him a chance out there. Um, but, uh, very good, lads. Thanks, thanks for the preparation. If there's one thing, then you could you could say from from the lads, sort of post Wellington experience, what's the one thing you would think about as Tom puts his cap on and um, start thinking a little bit more about Wellington? What what was one thing you'd take away from that two or three years straight out of school for these lads? Watching it from like afar, they kind of got quite a lot of game time quite quite early, and so it's quite interesting to see how they've like matured so quick. I know obviously they're a lot older than me, but they all seem quite mature and know like a lot about like the game itself and like on off the pitch. They all basically they kind of all played together. Like when Tom scored his first try, Ben was on the pitch, Matt was on the pitch. So it's all it's quite interesting to see how they've kind of like developed because. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think the, the key for these lads and their success will be how how well they stick together. I mean, all the stories you've heard there in the, this morning have been, well, we did this together. So uh, Rory and Matt at London Scottish or lads playing in the sevens together or, as you say, Tom and Ben being on the pitch at the same time or Tom and Matt sitting on the bench talking about the rugby. And um, I think that's, yeah. that's crucial for these for these guys that, that go on. And I wonder if the, the sort of guys we've been talking about who have dropped out of professional rugby to go back to university... I wonder if that's a question I would ask them about trying to do it on your own is really difficult, but actually having these guys around and sharing that experience. I know they, they lived in the same house for a little bit as well and stuff like that must be, must be really helpful having that support network around. Yeah, exactly. Cause it, I think it kind of keeps you motivated. If someone else is doing it, then 
why shouldn't you do it too? If you get what I mean, if you've got yeah. people driving you on, then you're going to, you're going to succeed. You're going to achieve off each other. Yeah, absolutely. And then what about then one, one sort of takeaway for um, more people that are still at school or have got another year or a couple of years at school, what would be your sort of thing you would take from what the lad said about that sort of side of it? Just like, through, like it goes so quickly as I've learned myself, like just, if from the rugby perspective, if you're looking to play first team, just play every game like you're going to get injured the next game. Like just keep, just play as hard as I think if you don't, and and all the sports of life, just keep like kind of throw yourself at school. You can't not take, don't take it for granted. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, a super key message that's coming through a lot from these podcasts that I'm doing now. A lot of the lads are saying they're sort of two and a half years or two years out of school and they can't believe how quickly all that's gone and, um, and I guess you're in the same boat, Harry. The last five years have probably gone pretty quickly now. Yeah, um, so, exactly. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I think that the other message that sort of Tom and Matt were saying about trying to play other, other sports and trying to just find ways to do it. Ben was talking about playing football and, um, and hockey and stuff like that. Hockey and cricket and all that sort of stuff. Like, is there ways in which you can find a passion? And even at the elite end, as Mr. Brennan was saying, yes, you have to do certain bits. There are non-negotiables, but can you make the summer term still work for you a little bit? Because um, that's your option, particularly for the rugby guys that are listening today. Okay. Um, well, thank you all um, for listening. Thank you, Mr. Brennan. Um, firstly, always a huge pleasure to talk about rugby and schoolboy stuff. That um, big, big hero of mine, Mr. Brennan. Um, thanks also to the, the four lads for giving up your time. I know obviously pretty busy with some uni exams and um, worrying about sort of when the season's going to get kickstarted again. So, um, it's not not unnoticed giving you time up this morning for for us and, and people that are listening. Um, and Harry, again, same same with you. Thank you so much um, for that. If if you've listened and you got this far, thank, thanks a lot. Well done. Um, remember to leave a, a five star rating or review. It, it helps no end. Um, share the message. So, thanks everyone. Take care. Stay safe. Cheers. Bye. Talking, feeling on a cloud, not of my own design.